From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek. This is Marvel TV Episode 8, talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Maddie's beloved The Gifted. My name is Mitch. Joining me, the X-Men loving Maddie Gibson. Yo! We are back. Uh, look, upload time. Who knows what's going on, but uh, I'm going to be quite uh, quite clear from the top here, Maddie. It's been a long time between watching episodes. Now, obviously, this sort of podcast has been... It's not been up to date as far as release dates with these shows anyway. We've never made no any secrets about that. We've we're treating this like we do with our side project Get in a Gate. We're watching an old episode of an old TV show anyway. <laughs> uh, by the time we get around to talk about things, more so Shield than Gifted, which is uh, you know wrapping up its season 2 at the moment or has just wrapped up season 2 mm. unlike Shield I think, you know, that finished about 4 well, years ago. Well, I blame all the Australian broadcasters. They make it so hard for us to watch all these shows. Yes, you know. Whereas, you know, I always make fun of Ellen but the great thing now is Orville, which was one of my new favourite shows, yeah. we get that same day yeah. as the United States on SBS, SBS Viceland, of all places. Well, I love SBS, man. That's definitely, their streaming service is, yeah. is fantastic well, as well. A, it's, it's free. A, it's free, and B, so we get the the episode of Orville the same day as the US at like 9 o'clock here on a Friday night. Yep, perfect. But if you go onto their streaming service, you can get it at 1 o'clock that afternoon. This, That's right. The same hour it drops yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in the States. I love it. Pick up your game, all your big, all the other big, <laughs> big channels. But SBS is so far down the ladder. Yeah, and it's just like you know, all these other big, you know, multinational, giant, million, billion-dollar corporations. Pick up your game. Yeah, and if not, give it to SBS. Yeah, exactly. They'll, be fine. they'll, they'll give us some shield and gifted uh, day and date. We're good. Exactly, Mundo. So we are talking Marvel TV. Uh, as I said, the gifted as well, the uh, lovely, uh, wonderful X-Men series. We will be talking about that uh, second episode two of season two. Uh, first up, though, we are nearing the end of our uh, chats on season five of S.H.I.E.L.D. Our last podcast, we had six episodes to go. Maddie and I just wanted to really just get this done because we were just dragging it out and much I, like um, the writers we're sure much like the writers <laughs> I'm sure we'll discuss that in these episodes it's been a long time since our last recording and so I think our last between our last recording it's almost like half a season's worth of episodes we were watching them week to week <sighs> so fine. we're going to continue what we were doing last time where we're we completionists we've got a Th- yes and I say that about myself and you're like yeah but you actually don't complete anything you might be- <laughs> you might believe in that way of, of life but you never you yeah. don't live by it. You're a philosophical completionist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get that tattooed on the back yeah. of my neck. One day. I'll, I'll put that it. off too. I'll That'll go on your tombstone. That. Philosophical yeah. completionist. Yeah, that's the only time what I'll be ever... Philosophical completionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop. Please make that happen. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the next final two episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which will leave us ahead of our next podcast, the final two episodes of Season 5. Right now, though, Episode 19 and 20 of Season 5, Option 2 and the one who will save us all. So, yeah, this one... 
it was kind of an accident the way that we really did this, Maddie, where we had six episodes left and we said, look, let's just... Well, I think at the time we said, let's do three and three. Mm. And then it got to our recording day. I'd only seen two. You had seen ahead and you said, yeah, fine, let's just do two, two and two so it's nice and even. But each two, at least the of the four that we've watched so far, they've kind of worked not so much as part one and part two, but they do flow on with each other more so than what, say, option two, the first episode of the two we're talking about today, and the last episode last week. Like yeah. there was a very clear break between last week and this week. And it was kind of a benefit too that there's been, or maybe not actually, that there has been so much time between our recording sessions because this picks up. It doesn't necessarily carry on as a to be continued from last week. It, it, it sort of sets a fresh new challenge for uh, for the agents. But at the same time, I was like, what is actually going on in the show? I forget everything. <laughs> the previously on S.H.I.E.L.D. has never been more valuable to my time. But there are... Aliens, the uh, what the 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 Remorath, uh, I believe is. Yeah, I finally picked it up in the second episode of the two. I don't know whether the Grimorath or whatever uh, have got a ship over top of the lighthouse. They are locking the place down, or at least our guys are locking them down. In reaction to that, they are going to drop in. They can see in the dark. They can knock our lights out. Like all of a sudden, we're getting slaughtered. It's mm, it's done. Got, like, were they foot long razor? fingers or something that well, they said Deke that. was talking about. Deke said that, and then we got a good view of it in the second episode of, of these two, and it, it just kind of looked like a guy cosplaying as Wolverine. It was right? like, here's my fist, and out between my fingers comes a yeah. very un-sort of, like, he's biological like, metal blade. Yeah, he's cosplaying, like, crossing like, Wolverine and the Crow with, like, that makeup that they've got on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, by the second episode, when it's, like, when we're on the, uh, like, the bridge of the ship mm. with, um... Talbot, which, oh my god, you better believe we'll get to Talbot. Um, yes. It's like they're just like little starship officers going, oh, we've detected something on sensors, blah, blah, mm. blah. And it's like, weren't they supposed to be these badass, like, shadow demon mm. kill? No, just no. scientists, little, you know, engineers. And stuff. It's like, really? Come on, man. Well, actually, on the on the bad guys, the the commander uh, Corvus, who I I love that guy. Like any other thing that I've seen, the big tall, he's very intimidating black guy. Like he's mm. just he look he, he's got such a a presence about him, and he tends to play similar roles and everything. Like he's typecast as this big tall intimidating yeah. guy. He is another actor that is now two characters in the MCU. The expanded. Now, you might not remember this because you've mm-hmm. long shelved away this film, and yeah. it's one of the oldest, The Incredible uh, Hulk. Oh, that doesn't count, mate. <laughs> well, it does. Um, but he was a he was a general or something in the army, and he he had a deleted scene um, from the film that sort of let him have a lot more dialogue than what he ended up getting in the final cut. But he was the guy that basically signed off for um, uh, General Ross to have Emil Blonsky. Uh, who would become the abomination later oh. in the film? Uh, he's the guy telling uh, once General Ross obviously detects that you know Bruce Banner's in Southern America somewhere. They call Emil Blonsky in, and uh, he's you know this you know hardcore black ops guy that's got you know every medal under the sun. You know he's done everything, and and this guy, this other army, I'm guessing he's a fellow general, saying, "I've called in a lot of favors to get Blonsky on your team. Just don't screw this up." 
And that's his only line in the entire film. They, <laughs> they end up having this one-on-one with each other, I think, later on in the film that got deleted. You, sh- you can check it out, no doubt, on the DVD that you own of The Incredible Hulk, Matty. Oh, man, um, I've got a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, absolutely you do, because you love Blu-rays too. <laughs> I don't have a Blu-ray player. That's that would why make got so it. much sense if you actually owned a Blu-ray copy of The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, so, anyway, minimal role. But as soon as I saw him, I'm like, hang on a second. He's one of maybe, what, three or four people mm. that have played multiple characters uh, in the MCU obviously between TV and film I don't think many people have played two characters in the film franchises or two in the TV universes my favourite is um, because it's a Joss Whedon reference which I've got to squeeze in wherever I can <laughs> is um, the the side character from Agent Carter the guy with the crutches yes yes uh, was a cop in, in Avengers yeah. who was also in Dollhouse mm. with um, Jai Yang from S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Yep. they were actually lovers in that they were right 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 mm. yeah and I mean, it, it, it took me a while to actually I think you might have even um, thrown that way about that cop slash Agent Carter guy and then it became like a, a you know an online like a theory for the hardcore fans that watch the movies and Agent Carter, and they're like, mm. this guy's immortal, and he goes on to become you know like he's 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 Agent Carter's lover, and then he uh, in the future he's a police officer in the Battle of New York. It's like come down, nah. guys, settle down. I'd say I'd just say it's his grandson because now that yeah. now that Homecoming has done that thing where um, Peter Parker's. Um, Principal, yes, yeah, 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 is played by the same actor as the one of the Howling Commandos. Howling Commandos, that's right, and has a photo in his office of his father or grandfather, that's the right. Howling Commandos. So. Yeah, 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 that's a nice touch. It's fine. And I was going to say the other one uh, was Powers Booth, but he actually did play the same character where he was part of the World Security Council in the first Avengers, even though you didn't see his face. Mm. And then he was like the big bad. I I don't know whether it was season two or season three, but either way, he's, he ended up being. He was in the show, and then I was like, hang on a second, you've had him in the movies, how dare you do this? And then they revealed that, no, he was part of the World Security Council, he was just a Hydra sleeper agent, like a uh, lot of other S.H.I.E.L.D.-type personnel, and so he was playing the same character, but got to expand on that uh, in the in the TV series. So, anyway, it doesn't really hold any great you know gravitas on the uh, actual episode, but uh, I just, that was the first thing that stood out, um, stood out for me. But, yeah, it was, it was just a bit of a... Um, a, a chase episode this this one like I didn't really get a great deal out of it maybe that goes towards you know the point you were making before that you know the writers are just really stretching this bad boy out yeah, but really a, as much as it felt like a, a fresh start after and separate to last week the events of the episode at the same time did sort of feel like they were right in the middle of a story. It was like the maybe bad guys are suddenly here and they're chasing us and then it ends. Maybe it know? just felt fresh because it was our it was our first, you know, post-Ruby episode. No, <laughs> it was just like Ruby's out of the way. Yeah. And I called it. I'm pretty sure I called it in our last episode. I knew Talbot was going to be the one to get the Gravitonium because crazy loves crazy. That's true, yeah. And boom, what happens? Mm. He's got the gravitonium. And for some reason, he can cop it and yeah. Ruby can't. And I don't know I don't know why that is. No. That clear tubing still annoys me. Yeah. That clear PVC <laughs> tubing. I used to sell that when I worked in a hardware store. It was my first job out of school. It's like two bucks a meter. Yeah. Uh, that's not housing gravitonium, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Mate. So that bugged me. What happened to Fitz's evil alter ego? I feel like we've yeah. just forgotten about it. Yeah, well, there was, uh, I think, very early on, Yo-Yo... Is- what I did like about this episode, the first of the two episodes, right at the start, there is a big infight of the team. Like, Daisy's angry at Yo-Yo because she killed Ruby. Um, Ruby's angry at Daisy for kind of going off on her own thing. Uh, they're all kind of angry at Fitz because of the whole alter ego type thing that made him, in real life, quite dangerous. Uh, and then you've got Mac, who's 
you know, doesn't want to be angry at Yo-Yo because he's in love with her. But at the same time, he's like, this isn't your, what you're doing is not who we are as a people. And then Coulson wants to let himself die. May doesn't, but they get later get told that if Coulson doesn't die, then the world will die. And it's just like, everyone's arguing. No one can mm. agree with anyone. And the scene kind of really went on for a long time. And it, 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 it seemed like it was going to be another one of those scenes that you see in a lot of movies and TV shows where characters just start fighting and then you've got one person in the background who isn't playing any part in the argument who goes, guys, guys, we don't have time for this. And this yeah. wasn't one of these scenes. That was a scene where every character there had something to say. Yeah. And they all had something wrong with someone else in the room. They really wanted to get off their chest. And yeah, so- I feel like they're, they're trying to break the team down. They're trying to... I think- I think what the writers are trying to do is say, oh, look, you know, we've never been in a situation this bad before. We, You know, this team's been through all this stuff before mm. and they've still stayed together as a core, but what's happening now is breaking them apart yeah. so that they can bring, obviously bring them back together later on to solve it all. And I'm yeah. just like, at this point, this particular scenario that's happening, I'm like, doesn't really seem that out of control compared to other things that have happened. Yeah. No, you're really. right. Yeah, especially even just this season, really. Yeah, and especially now that they're throwing in the background of both these episodes. Oh yeah, Infinity Wars just happening. Mm. Um, yeah. So what? There were two references, right? Because you had one t- in each episode. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the first one, where um, Daisy goes and catches up with Jake Boosie, and he's like, he just—it was such a fleeting um, sort of reference. And then he's like. I don't even know how oh, they got into it. But has he like, seen all that weird stuff happening in New York? All weird shit going on in New York. She's like, I don't even watch the news guy. It makes me just cra- go crazy. And I, I immediately paused the episode and I'm like, all right, New York, New York. And I'm trying to think of when this episode, <laughs> not when I'm watching it in early 2019, but when it came out, which is probably the end of the mm. first half of 2018. And I'm like, oh, hang on. Was this season, when did it come? Was it the end of 2017? This would have been set. Was it mid-2017? Like, I'm going back and I'm like, well, there was... Okay, mid-2017, you had Spider-Man Homecoming, but there wasn't any real major shit going down that they would be referring to. And early 2017, the movies was Guardians of the Galaxy. It wouldn't have been Which that. Which was set like four years set ago. earlier than that. Yeah. Um, Thor Ragnarok, there was something in New York, but it was literally Loki and Thor talking to each other. Wouldn't yeah. have been that. And I actually didn't give a lot of thought to Infinity War because I think I forgot that the first big set piece of that was set in New York yeah and it wasn't I think until the second episode yeah where that guy says to Talbot that your planet is under attack from Thanos and yeah his... the guy from the Confederacy or whatever was yeah talking about yeah it. that's right yeah the, part of the um, Cassius you know family mm. or whatever so whether it's Cassius's father depending on how the age or oh, I think it's got to be brother because because or... um, Talbot then does he says very fleeting there's a way to sell it he's like he has two sons as well oh right and I was like yeah. Yeah. You Talbot with your stupid goatee. <laughs> um, it is very, very thick. Bit. If you think about it, if this is happening at the same time as Infinity War, yeah. there were two Q ships in orbit. That was those big rigging ships yeah. in Infinity War. They're called Q ships. So there's one over New York, mm. and then there's one over like the London, UK, whatever, wherever Vision and... Um, yeah. Like Scotland was Vision and... Is that I think they were Vision in Scotland and they got picked up, yeah. So there's a Q ship over there as well, because yeah. you know they that beams them up after Captain America kicks their ass. So if you think about the one over New York, now, mm. now wherever the lighthouse is, mm. it's got to be either on the east or west coast because it's near the water, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think from what I've got, I think I've just accepted that, that it is the west coast. So mm. opposite side of the country from yeah. New York. Yeah. But if you think of like the entire, like if you, if you have an entire globe of yeah. the world of Earth, you've got a Q ship over New York yeah. and then like this Remarath ship over the west coast. Yeah. 
They didn't know the other one was there. Yeah, well, okay, so... I don't know if I'm going to buy that. Let, let's get real nerdy and try and break down time then because when Daisy spoke to Boosie and it was night time, so it's America, let's just let's just round up, it's night time in America everywhere at the same time. Mm. The attack on New York where Spider-Man and Doctor Strange and Iron Man all come together, that was daytime New York City. Mm. Uh, let's even give it a late afternoon. I suppose so that, and the ship was only there for, what, 10 minutes? During that fight scene yeah, before it, it took there, off, yeah, it wasn't there for long. But then even the Scotland one wasn't there for that long, and it, it didn't make a big grand entrance. Like we didn't mm. know that because we didn't know that um, Proxima Midnight or anything was there to to get Vision and uh, and Scarlet Witch until they were already there. And then when they retreated, we saw the ship go off, and it's like, hang on, how did no one see that? So yeah, uh, there was at least a surely a couple of hours story time between the two, not even attacks, but arrivals of mm. the of the cue ships. It's almost like this stuff is happening in the middle of Infinifil between when Spider-Man and Tony leave on the cue ship mm. to when the other ships come back to attack Wakanda. Yeah. It's like this this other little Remorath ship just kind of slipped in there to yeah. do its little bits and pieces. <laughs> Which well, is very convenient for them because they're like, man, any other day this alien ship would make some really big news on Earth, but uh, there's another alien attack going on here, so no one's going to look at us. Our ship's much smaller. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, like if I'm like thinking about like if I made a supercut, like why would I ever do that with TV and movies put together? Oh god, that yeah, you the, would the, you would end up, we'd have to commit you into a rubber room <laughs> at that point. The Daisy Boosie conversation only needs to take place after the attack on New York at the start of Infinity War, and then that bloke, the Cassius guy, telling Talbot that Thanos is attacking Earth. That can take place at any stage of Infinity War because what he says is true, that there have been a couple of moments there and then it could even be as, as late as uh, as the Wakanda. But um, I was very excited. Once he said the word Thanos, I'm like, oh, of course it's Infinity War. I just don't even know why I didn't think of that. But in saying that, I, I have read articles recently or saved articles because I hadn't seen S.H.I.E.L.D. It was like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is still ignoring uh, Avengers Infinity War. And I'm like, R really? Like, I, I knew they wouldn't make a big crossover because it would be very hard between this little TV show and that monumental movie. But how could they possibly ignore everything? Whereas in these two yeah. episodes, there's two tiny little references. I think it's whether they ignore the snap or not. That's going to mm. be the interesting point. Is yeah. That's coming up very soon. Yeah. So we interesting to see whether the snap happens at the end of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. before it finishes, or it happens after mm. it finishes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And then is season six... Season six will come back after Endgame, won't it? Yeah, it, so, it comes out uh, almost just before Spider-Man, really. I think it's like a June, so yeah. it's like over so I a guess month if, after Infinity if War. So I guess if Endgame does you know, reset the story, the timeline, whatever, and, and undo the snap, yeah. then potentially, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. won't have to address it. Mm. Mm. Which is, I think, where I've always sat, at least with the Netflix shows, which generally seem to be set a little bit further in the past anyway, because they all follow on each other only by a couple of months, even yeah. though there's years between release dates. So you could quite comfortably sit back and say all the Netflix shows sit in like 2016, 17, the most recent ones, you know, like the most recent Punisher or, or Daredevil are back at least, uh, at least a couple of years. But I've always thought, well, even if they were set now or in the future, they are set in the post-Endgame timeline where the snap has been erased and all those deaths mm. essentially never happened. And so why would the Netflix shows address it because it never happened in the first place. But, hey, uh, the Netflix um, shows got snapped out of existence anyway, exactly. so they'll never have to refer to them either. Do you know who I wish would get snapped out of existence? Oh, dear. F***ing Yo-Yo. Yeah, she really pissed me off in these episodes. 
Now, was it her or was it Gemma that screamed the phrase, stay behind me, I can't be killed? I wrote that down. That was Yo-Yo. Yeah. Snap. It wasn't even screamed. You know what? That would make more sense because it would be like such a, It was like, stay behind me, I can't be killed. And I'm like, oh, get... Mm. No, no. Whereas at yeah, least with yeah. everyone else in this episode, they were questioning that. Like, mm. even that little side character, that that chick with the, like the short dark yep. hair, was Phoebe or something. I don't know. I just I just know her as like yeah, kick ass soldier. Number yeah, two, and she's like, know. that's not a thing. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like deep really questioning doing my head in. I like how you just tried to put a definitive answer to it, and even even Fitz and Simmons basically put a definitive answer on it. Like. We won't know, at least as far as they're concerned, we won't know whether we've succeeded unless Deke disappears. Mm. And that's what he'd been saying, but then I think Simmons said it and Fitz's like, oh, we we don't really know if that's going to be yeah. the case. could be anything, you know, and they're explaining the multiverse theory again, which I know that you've brought up on our on our Get In The Gate show as well. And yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, they, they're giving us, you know, more fun science theories to, to, yeah. to play with in this show. And But then Gemma ruins it by going like, when they're all worried they're about to die and she's like, has Deke snapped out of existence yeah. yet? And they're like, no. And she's like, then we're fine. Yeah. Um, what if he doesn't snap out of existence until after you die? Yeah. Like, like your show could be anything at this point, depending on which way of time travel you're going to work. And is uh, it an instant thing? Does time need to, you know, catch up to itself? Is it the, the, the wave, the ripple and the, you know, like it could be anything. Like something could, it would be funny if they experimented and all of a sudden, you know, he was... He looked different, or he was a girl, or something. You know, like where just little changes throughout right. the future. He was ten years younger, or something. Not you know? to mention, it's like if you really think about a lot of time travel stories, it like I wouldn't put it past them to be like, oh, well, guess what? Um, Gemma's already pregnant. Mm. Uh, she just doesn't know it yet, so we can kill Fitz, yeah. and Deke will still be around. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they're f-ing scientists. They should know that shit. Yeah, like they've been to the future. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, come on, guys. So I'm, I think it was pretty much Mac that was like the you and me in the in the show, the audience member in the show, because he was just he's calling out, yo, yo. He's like, you don't you don't know this. She's like, yeah, I do, Mac. I've you know, I've spoken to my future self, and this has got to happen. And he's just like, I only want to deal with problems that are in front of me, and that means that you should be protected and defended. I don't want you to die. Whether she just she can't get that out of her head. She's she's invincible, you know. Mm. So, and yet in the second episode. Yo-Yo, when she's whinging and bitching about um, Daisy after they have their fight, which, mm. oh my God, why do we need a fight between those two? That was... And you know what? I'd, it happened after an ad break. Like, they you know, went, they cut to black for mm. the ad break and it was just like, oh, hey, where have you been? Cut to black. And then they're yeah. fighting. I'm like, oh, where are we now? Who are we watching yeah. fighting? And I'm like, when, when did this start? How did this even happen? Yeah. I just How dare you take the bag with my mum's bones in it? Yeah, what the hell? And I'm glad Daisy socked her in the face for it. She's like, what is that? And she's like, don't worry about it. She's like, you let us down. You let us die. And she's like, no, nah, mm. it's it. trust me. Th- this is something that's got to happen. And then just, pff, loses it. And she's like, and I'm like, I would punch you in the face as well. Like, yeah. But in episode 19, Yo-Yo's like, oh, stand behind me. I can't be killed. In episode 20, after she has her fight with Daisy and May breaks them up, Yo-Yo goes, she's going to get us all killed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, bitch. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> he does not work like that. And that's how you know that whoever wrote the last episode did not write this episode. And someone scrubbed something off a whiteboard somewhere in a writer's room and it's all falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice to see um, Patrick Warburton back. Yeah. As his little hologram and just May's little, this guy again. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that was For me, that was the highlight of the episode of episode 19. Yeah. Or it was just May, just like, oh, I'm seeing this hologram guy already. I liked it too when you had uh, the Remora, um, you know, little minion they had tied up and, 
and they were asking him what the little um, vial was that he'd um, ingested oh, to make yeah. himself strong, and he said, yeah, it's something, odium. something, odium, you know? Yeah. And, and she's like, oh, God, of course it's got to have a stupid name. Mm. And I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of a joke in there. Like, but isn't that what's killing Coulson? So that's the same stuff that Cassius took, like mm. and all the Kree took in the future to make them all hulked out and stuff. <laughs> and didn't didn't Coulson get like scratched by a guy that was juiced up on that odium and that's what's killing him? Mm. So it's like, okay, so odium boosts up Kree, it boosts up Remorath, but it kills humans. Mm. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess the like if we're talking the whole stretching, I know we touched on it very quickly before, but the Talbot thing. Oh my god! Like I, that was the biggest indication for me. While while I, again, I said this was like a fresh start. This episode from last week, I still felt like I'd missed something when the previously on showed Talbot. He got the call from his wife, who was reading a script that was written by Hydra people, saying, "Are you ready to comply?" And all of a sudden, his brainwashing switched on and he you know did all the bad stuff that was the previously on it's like he's bad he's just been turned the sleeper agent he's ba- he's here and then the start of this episode episode 19 he's just going crazy he's 42 43 33 0.11 in the north and mm. he's just he's just spitting out shit in his room and he's apologizing for everything he's done and he's wanting to help and i'm like where's the bit in the middle like again because i couldn't remember all the events of last episode but it was like bad 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 now it's like oh no he's fine he's been captured and it was just like they really only gave us the basics of what we needed to know for this episode and it's good that he wants to help i like the fact that at any given moment he was just gonna like go crazy and start you know spitting shit around and you know not walking straight but then he's like i can fix this ices Gemma puts her down and is like yeah I'm going to jump into this machine and it's like okay yeah, well, you're stupid enough to think that but then yeah it just does work and then he comes mm. out and it's very slow-mo he's very faded and he's in the dark but he's the one you know pulling them from side of screen and, and blood going out everywhere like he is this new super weapon yeah and I was Ruby's like, been training for it her whole life couldn't cop like 2% of it or whatever it was yeah he's just a crazy general jumps in he can cop it yeah yeah that just that just made me think of what you've been saying for many weeks of this show, it's just like the writers just throwing anything at the board. It's like, oh, man, we're going to stretch it out. Okay, he's the new world killer. And yeah, you know, and then, then they get then... a hail in episode two. She's like, oh, Daisy finally did it, which, you know, is kind of what we all expected. You yeah. know, whether it would happen or not, it was either going to be her or no one. Oh, no, someone far out of left field. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. just creating almost more comedic relief because it's him and he says stupid shit, gets them in, into situations that yeah. our characters don't because. They're all on the same team. They all work the same. And I was kind of about it for a minute because I thought, oh, he's been hunting these, you know, shield and gifted people and that kind of stuff all this time. It's like, well, now he has powers. Mm. Let's see how that goes. And then they just give him that stupid fucking costume. Oh, yeah. And go full. To me, that was like, that was like jumping the shark. They've gone full, (laughs) like, Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher in Supergirl. (laughs) Like, it's just... It just doesn't look right. Yeah. It just feels completely wrong for this series. I did kind of agree at the same time. If they were going to hang out with those people and he's like, how, seriously, how to look to Colson? Colson's like, you actually look really cool. He's like, can I join me? I'll, I'll get one of the guys to give you one. He's like, no, no, no. I don't like it that much. I don't do capes. I don't do robes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to next week. I'm, obviously, it's going to wrap up and I know a little bit about how it wraps up and where we're going with a particular, um, uh, particular thread. I just want to get there, but... 
these two episodes, mm. yeah, okay. This this show yeah, for me as, is always a fun. Two watch. together, like, yeah, it was just goofy fun. Yeah, I never, I never hate watching this show at all. It was just like, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. You know, just picking up after not watching it for so long, which is completely my fault. It just sort of felt like, okay, we're really, we're still stretching. You know, like I, I sort yeah. of, I thought I'd left that behind. Four episodes to go. Let's really bunker down and let's get to this final episode yeah. and give you a kick-ass season finale. And eh, no. can I leave you with one parting shot? Oh. How the hell did the Zephyr dock with that Marauder ship? How did mm. it create an airlock in space mm. with a ship it's never encountered before? Doesn't know what the airlocks is. But it might not even have a fucking airlock. Yeah. Just made a few modifications off screen, mate. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, just... they added gravitonium to the engines and all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, never considered, oh, maybe we'll need to find somewhere to dock with it. And then Daisy and May are just on board. They're all just got, you know, like the same output inlet, the sort of holes. All you male, female between a, a two ships. Yeah. It's just like you just find a place to connect. What happens, what happens when you get two male ships, though? Well. Well, then they still dock. Oh! That's <laughs> 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 a good place as any to move on to the gifted. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 2 of The Gifted Unmoored with the capital M. Foxtel aren't doing that, actually, uh, this time around. I was watching it uh, on, on the app, and they've just got it spelt out. I'm like, guys, it's, oh, a, it's a thing. It's lazy. It's not like someone's made a typo in America when they've emailed this to you. It's it's proper. Did they do, like, the capital U on Unmoored and just wrote it as more? Or was it just, or just all It was capital, capital U. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, like, you know. I'm like, you're sick. not fixing it, guys. It's not, it's not an issue. It's not a problem. It's not a mistake. But it's non-geeks handling geek-related affairs. But still, it's like eBay's like small e, little b. Yeah. You know? Like Come th- on, Especially, guys. it'd be different if it was a capital N, because, oh, they've capped the wrong letter. It's three letters in, guys. They're not, no one's making that mistake. It's unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> unacceptable. I mean, this is not what the makers of the show wanted us talking about when we review episode two of season two, but here we are. <laughs> so before I get too deep into it, because you, again, being the long-term X-Men fan, you might have a bit more background knowledge based on things they've said you might have picked up on a few things for me it's 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 kind of carries over from last week it's just a bit more set up on what will and what will come and uh you know with the uh the what do they call the circle the inner circle inner circle so you know getting a bit more of an idea on on the leader and quite clearly their in, intentions for Andy so yeah otherwise it was it, there wasn't really you know that much to it obviously Johnny going back and speaking to the the lizard of oz that he called her in this episode That was one of my favorite lines was of the it? whole I was episode running, the lizard of oz I'm I was like, wondering how oh you'd sit with that <laughs> cuz it was old uh, eclipse you said you just sitting here like the friggin' lizard of oz I'm like whoa did you did you come planned with that or <laughs> did that just happen Well knowing that it's like she can turn into what like a six or ten foot tall lizard like mm. dragon that mm. breathes fire and he's just quite willing to just like she'd have to be sensitive about that yeah 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 and for him to just call the lizard of oz i'm just like oh you've got some gajones well in saying that like when they went to her for help and she's like guys seriously just off, leave me alone blah 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 and they went yeah something something yada in a circle blah 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 and she's whoa, whoa 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 did you just say in a circle oh my god these guys you've met them and you've lived and you've come across people that have met them and lived and they are resources you do not want to fight this war you will not come back the people that are already there with them you will never see them again these people are so dangerous and i'm like hang on like you just said you're a 10 foot tall lizard and as powers tend to work in these universes if you would all change physically appearance wise you're probably going to be super strong as well is that the case with lizard woman like i reckon yeah i reckon evangeline would have 
Yeah, I think I think she even has like she's a full blown dragon, like has like right. wings and can fly and stuff. And even she's scared of old like you know, uh, whispering the whispering woman. That's uh, Reva. Reva in charge of the in charge of the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. What I didn't like is that she was giving it to Johnny about last season about mm. losing their where they were hiding out in the bank. He wasn't even there. Yeah. Like he and it and really the, touched a nerve too. Well, he and the other main characters were obviously off working with the like with the inner circle and and the uh, the frost daughters and stuff like that, mm. thinking like you know they were doing the right thing or whatever. It's like so he wasn't even there. Yeah. So it's like he already feels guilty that he wasn't there to help and wasn't there to lead him and stuff like that. So it's like, come on now. Yeah. Like I mean, they had friggin' the Fenris twins there, like at that thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's where they're way more powerful than Johnny. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, not about it. Mm. I was like, damn you, Evangeline. <laughs> We get another taste. I know we, we, we obviously touched on a little bit last week because it was only like something that got hinted at. We we're going to talk about in the future. Something you really didn't want between seasons was, I hope they don't make Reed a mutant, which is obviously the case. He's doing more and more research and he's yeah. a classic X-Men thing. He's emotionally reacting and it's it's bringing about changes in his body, whatever that is. I don't know at this stage what it's going to be. Yeah, just sort of glowy hands. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be... Connected to Fenris in any way, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, so, like that ultimate power skipped a generation or skipped yeah. a couple of generations. So I'm yeah. wondering if it is is it is it his latent powers like we found out last year that like his father gave him treatments and stuff to mm. suppress his mutant power. So is it that re-emerging or is it from all those? Is it like an artificial kind of power emerging? I'm I'm not too sure yet. Yeah. So I'm not about it though. I just feel like. I mean, we're only like two episodes into the second season. We're still getting to know these other characters. I feel like Blink is the character we should be following on. She's the one that's exploring her powers and trying to figure out how they work and doesn't really have control over them. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. the rest of the underground, you know, Eclipse and Polaris and, and T-Bird, they all, it's almost like they've been to the Xavier school. It's like they've mm. got a total control over their powers. They know what's going on. I would rather, yeah, be focusing on Blink and what she can do and maybe some of the... And the younger kids as well. The Fenris yeah. kids are still dealing with their their abilities, both individually and separately. Mm. So I'm just like, do we really need Reed as well? Well, you I'm think like, that'd be a nice parallel. When you think that Andy's over with the Inner Circle, you've got Lauren who's not stuck, but she's with the Mutant Underground still. And then you have got Blink. And all three of them sort of came into the story at the same time, you know, mm. like she by herself blink and then the brother and sister, you know, by not their own doing have all entered this, you know, humans V mutants war at the same time. So it would actually, yeah, you raise a good point. That would actually be a really interesting way to look at mutant underground. You've got Lauren coming at it from her own point of view and then, Blink, and then over on the evil side of it, you've got Andy, who's sort of like, you know, a bit Kylo Renish, like, I really want to be dark, but I've got the light pulling me as well. Where do I go? So, yeah, it's a shame, especially with this episode, because she was just relegated to sort of being Johnny's girlfriend waiting in bed for him, you know, yeah. at the start of the episode and at the end as well. I know, you know, she had a, a bit to play in, in last week's episode, and you're seeing her powers have developed between seasons, but, um, yeah. I mean, although, who wouldn't be just happy to wait in bed for Johnny, though, really? I thought you were going to say Jamie Chung, but... Um, oh, that too. Yeah, you know, of course, her, her but, as well. But, I mean, the start of the episode, what is an X-Men series without a cage fight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I am some, having some serious X-Men 1 flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. And I want to almost say done better. I almost want to say done Maybe. better than um, 
than X Men One. Yeah, but it just it did make me laugh that it's like mutant cage fights. It just no matter where you go, they're a thing. I was wondering what was going on in Lizard Lawyer's head when Johnny walked back in, and to think of what he looked like, yeah, you know, three years ago or whatever, and his hair was like you know greasy it's just after a fight but it's still kind of like sexy you yeah know, after a sporting match when he comes back in he's looking haggard it's just sort of like he's throwing a rubber band in there but it's all like all over the place and it's like you still haven't had time to get a haircut in the last three years <laughs> but it suits you but what's going on so no wonder she's like you failed you can't even keep track of yourself you're a slob but the andy side of it was interesting because you know i i not that the jump to go with the likes of the of the triplets and what we now know as the Inner Circle and uh, and Polaris last season was a, a massive jump. But I didn't ever feel like yeah, he was just completely dark side and so of course he's going to turn evil or anything. Yeah. There was always that hint that when they got their powers, and maybe they would have went together, it would have made more sense. But the fact that Lauren was like, no, nah, I'm good all the way. And he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm giving into this and we're all mutants and V the humans, blah, blah, blah. So to get this episode and he's like, I don't know that I'm really keen on not being with my family for this long and being trapped and just being trained. And they've clearly got great resources because that's a sexy looking building they're in. And yeah. Got, you know, like and who that, sets up the training room? I want to know, like what's the behind the scenes? Well, that legitimately to me, that gave me danger room flashbacks. Yeah. Like from the old nineties cartoon where like, where he's like tearing through those big concrete walls and stuff yeah. like that. That gave me some serious danger room, but yeah, it's like, I feel like the inner circle is only a few people. So what are they like subcontracting out Yeah, to like just <laughs> regular humans that are just building these big concrete facilities and doing things and they're paying them and f***ing them off. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, we need some more, you know, marble, go down to Bunnings and get another sheet, you know. We need a, <laughs> it's like, where, where, where is it? Have they just got like storerooms full of this shit? Yeah. So. I do want, I wish, I do want to see like, they've just actually just got one other member mm. and it's just this big, super strong guy that's just lugging in these yeah. giant concrete. <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah. Book. That's his job. Yeah. That's his job. Yeah, yeah, low-level mutant power. He's like Lurch from the Adams family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just coming in. <laughs> We're only keeping you around because you're a mutant. <laughs> and I know it's, I hinted at it last week with uh, with Eclipse and the fact that you know, like his his girlfriend ran off, had his baby. He doesn't know where it is, how she is, and it's just like, oh, it's cool because she was going through some stuff, and so she's better now. And I'm like. That man, like he's got a kid out there. Like even if he never gets back with Polaris, like he does still love her, and he's like, no, she, mm. she was manipulated a little bit. And she wasn't thinking clearly. That's why she went with them. She's just, she's being, you know, obviously wanting to protect her baby, but to the point where she's like, no, 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 I'm gonna get on the winning side of this future war. I'm like, but he's got a child out there that he doesn't like. It's not like Polaris is sending in postcards going, it's okay, we're fine. Yeah, you know. So like, I'm, I'm really buying into him being like so deeply depressed about oh, that. Oh, that montage at the him. end was amazing. Like, you've got Johnny, like, just, like, wailing mm. on the, was the side of a truck or the yep. side of a train or whatever, dealing with his emotions. And then you got Eclipse having his glass bottle flashback moment. I was, yeah, I was cool. just like, I'm not crying. I'm not <laughs> crying. You can't prove it. And then just when I was, like, dealing with all that emotional stuff... Like, the very, very last thing is, like, there's something wrong with the baby. And I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. don't even. Yeah. Do not even. Because I had, you know, throughout, it's like, oh, she's not, you know, she's not eating and all this. And I'm like, okay, this this might be hinting towards, oh, it'd be so much better if, you know, daddy was around and then the baby would feel complete and all this. But then in the end, it's like, no, the baby's, like, proper sick and stuff. And even though they are, you know, we haven't seen next week's episode yet, but even though they are surrounded by this very well-paid and a well-financed um, group, 
it's a sick baby. Like you're, you're still worrying about that because it's a well, mutant baby it. of two different makings. That's like it. anything could be wrong could with it. Could be their powers being incompatible. Could be wrong with the baby. Could be the fact that when Lorna was very in her early stages of pregnancy, she had that collar on yeah. and she was in prison and she got beat up, remember, and kicked in the stomach yeah, by yeah. the by those other chicks in the prison. So I'm just like, oh God, this could be anything and I'm not prepared for it. Mm. I'm not prepared for it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> That was pretty brutal, though, with the with the triplets making that guy walk into the plane, plane oh, yeah, propeller. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah, because that like, you know, Reeve was like, yeah, you got to clean up shop. And I love that they're like, no, 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 we paid him off. And I'm like, we, we spoke about it in the podcast last episode saying they can literally make anyone do anything just by telepathy. Yeah. But with that guy, they're like, here's money. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm like, what do you, why? We just saw you get, do the thing with the guy on the gate and you're going to tell the person when you leave, you're going to manipulate them, but this guy you pay. And so they go back and he's he's trying to buy himself, you know, a G6. And he's, oh no, I'm just looking. Our real superpower is our MX Platinum car. <laughs> <laughs> go walk into that propeller. And then the mercy kill with a truck hitting him. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I love how being like hit by like a truck going 100 miles an hour, like that's the mercy kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's preferable to what was actually going to happen and yeah. I'm like you probably would have been yeah. you probably would have been and so what's with Esme like obviously she's not, not having second thoughts but she's just she's a little bit you know left where she spent time with the mutant underground so she's not a soft mm. spot but she's definitely thinking about things on multiple viewpoints I guess so like when she did do the mercy killing it was because she goes oh well, that's because you doubted me before and you called me soft and, and all that so like yeah. do you think that develops in anything or does that just give them something to bicker on for the rest of the season yeah, that'll be interesting to see because obviously the other two um, were held prisoner for for a lot longer. So I think they're going to be much harsher about it. But you, you're right, Esme being part of the underground mm. as well, even though she was working the angles. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting. At the end of the day, I because we're already down to three, because the Cuckoos started as five mm. uh, and we've only seen three. So I don't know if there's two more out there or... I can't see them separating. Yeah. Because we're already down to three. Like we yeah. haven't seen where the other two unless, you know, who knows? Esme kills those two and the other two rock up later at the end of the season. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, they are three into one. Mm. So I think it'll just be give them something to do bicker wise. Mm. Which that actress Skylar is phenomenal oh, the way she's she great. does that. Yeah. So good. Cause she even does introduce some slightly different elements to each one. It's yeah. like, I feel like I'm starting. It's like when you actually know twins in real life and stuff, it's like, no matter how identical they are, it's like you slowly start to be like, oh, this one's eye is slightly different here. Yeah, or this yeah. one has a the way they talk slightly different here. And I feel like I'm starting to pick that up. Yeah, with, right. Um, yeah. With, with the Frost And girls. that's a talent. Eh? Like, it's subtle because they're obviously never going to focus on those subtle differences. It's just literally there for it's the performer. It's all in her performance. To give the viewer, yeah. Yeah. But okay. my one disappointment for the se- for this episode... Agent Turd is back. I was going to use my next note to bring up to you. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, We've got Reaven now. Why do we need Agent Turd? I hate him so much. The only thing that's keeping me positive is that it means we might get a death scene of Agent Turd. <laughs> that's all I can hope for. That's all I can hope for. Yeah, I did like the scene where obviously the blackout happened in last episode and... He just comes home and he's just like subtly mentioning it to his wife. He's like, oh, yeah, totally mutants and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, but someone needs, I mean, yeah, obviously that's not my gig anymore, but someone needs to, you know, tell someone about this. And you can see him slipping back into it, even though he's telling himself that he's not, or maybe not. Maybe he's trying to convince her that he's not. And she's seeing straight through the bullshit. Yeah. And I just found myself, yeah, trying to like, 
in his performance, like we we're just talking about with the triplets, what is his proper motivation in that scene as the actor? Does the character legitimately think that he's not still obsessed with the mutants or is he but he's trying to convince his wife that he's not or is there some third option in there and it was just such a quick little scene and and he was yeah so like oh i'm naive about this i don't know but i'm like is it intentional naive like what's going mm. on there and you, you get a moment at the start <coughs> where you think this is almost the end of his storyline like it's him getting closure but you're never going to get closure on a Mainish character from season one in the second episode of season yeah. two. You know, they're giving him this closure so that he can open another door. Something is else is going to happen. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think they're going to like give him a happy ending so that then, you know, the inner circle are going to kill his wife and he's going to be back on the rampage. I don't think they'll go that way. Mm. But obviously something's got to happen for him to still be interesting in the story. Yeah. Yeah. Or to get interesting at all for you, because you hate him. Uh, yeah, but is it one of those things where it's like, I just love to hate him? Is that yeah. the thing? Like, if he was gone, mm. would I miss him? Yeah, that's I true. hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how Reva gets on, whether or not they compare or... Yeah, you know, that'll be interesting. Who you like more, who you hate more. Yeah. And uh, one thing we're excited to see, I actually forgot to mention it when we were talking about um, Evangeline earlier on. She mentioned... Um, a mutant separatist named Erg, yeah, living what? living in the sewers. Yeah, that's got to be the Morlocks. That has to be the Morlocks. Mutants, um, mutants living in the sewers has to be Morlocks. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend I know anything about that. So let's go. Um, so the the much maligned X Men Three, mm. when uh, Magneto goes and he's starting to do like a drive people, and then there's like those those couple of chicks, and then yep. like, there's like Porcupine, mm. and then one of them was cu- supposed to be Callisto. And I think the third one was actually supposed to be a bastardized Psylocke. Um, that was their allusion to the Morlocks. Yeah, right. So they're basically just they're they're mutants who can't pass. So it's, it's I think it's a really great social commentary. In the same way, it's like you know you, when you talk about um, people people that have like an African heritage and stuff mm. like that. There's really really dark melanated. There's light melanated, and it's like people say, oh, Rosario Dawson's not really black because she can pass. Mm. You know, she can. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then the same thing with gay people. It's like, well, some people are really flamboyantly gay. Yeah. Or there's some girls who are very very um sort of quote unquote butch. They're very masculine. Yeah. So they can't pass for straight. Mm. They mm. you see them, you go that person's gay. Yeah. So I think that's what the Morlocks sort of become. It's like they're mutants that can't pass for human. In the real world, mm. like they might have a, a weird mutation or green skin or you know certain things like that, and yeah, they just live in the sewer. Yeah, so there's right. there's a great episode of the old '90s cartoon where they abduct, I think Scott and Jean, and um, Storm ends up having like a one-on-one lightsaber battle with Callisto for like power over the Morlocks, <laughs> and she wins. So she's like, I am now the you know the 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 leader of the Morlocks, so you must release my friend. She's like, but. I'm going to make Callisto my number two, so you will still follow Callisto so she could still go back up to the surface and the Morlocks could sort of live there in peace because they've got no interest in, in sort of being part of part of the human. In the same yeah, way, right. like, you know, you've got Xavier who wants to coexist. Yeah, yeah. You've got Magneto who wants to overthrow. Mm. The Morlocks just want to disengage. They want nothing to do with humanity because they're like, we're so different. No one's ever going to accept us. We're just going to live down in the sewers by, by ourselves yeah. and have our own little sort of society going on down here away from all that. Shit. All that stuff. So I'm interested to see if that if that progresses and see how... I'm not familiar with Erg as a character, mm. um, but I'm not hugely familiar with individual Morlocks. I just know the Morlocks as a group more than anything else. So that'll be interesting to see if we um if we pursue that that um that at all. That'll Shit, be... yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Actually, I wonder if maybe... I wonder if Andy could 
could end up running to the Morlocks. Hmm. Maybe he'll see because remember there was that there was that scene where like Reeve was like a breath away from killing Andy when she was yeah. like testing him. She's turned around and gone, <gasps> and then he's gone. Wait, yeah, and like, he was seconds <laughs> away from being killed, yeah, which is yeah. weird considering how how sort of revered the inner circle seems to hold Fenris. It's like I I don't think I don't know whether she would have actually gone through with it, mm. but I'm wondering if maybe he'll see what she's been up to and he, he'll he'll feel too embarrassed to go home. Because of what he's done to his family, so mm. maybe I wonder if he'll run away to the Morlocks. That could be yeah, that could be an opening. Yeah, okay. Because mm. then, he, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, like you said, got the guilt about his family, but it might be the only place that the inner circle don't look for him. Yeah, they find yeah, because yeah. they're so they're so they're literally underground. Mm. So that'll be interesting. And then obviously finding out what Reaver's big plan is. Well, I think will be will probably take us a few episodes to get across. Because, yeah, they had, we just spoke about it before. Andy was trying to rip apart the, mm. the big concrete walls, getting thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker. And they did say something about boron carbide. Because I yeah. always keep an ear out for that to find out whether they're talking about vibranium or yeah, adamantium yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So I googled uh, boron carbide. And it's not from Marvel. It's actually a real-life compound. And as of 2015, it was rated the third hardest material known to exist behind boron nitride and diamond. Cool. So that's... Got... I love that diamond is the hardest. Like, Well, and that's the thing. Obviously, the frost, the cuck- the, the cuckoos, yeah. their mother slash... I'm still not sure how they're going to do it in this series. I don't think they've said uh, whether they're the children or they're the clones mm. of Emma Frost, who is obviously you would know from first class, turns into diamond. Yeah, yeah. She has a diamond form. Yeah. So I'm wondering maybe they're going to try and break... Emma Frost out? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what... I'm just... Boron nitride is a very niche thing to throw out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so shit. So to say that yeah, it's okay. almost as strong as diamond, it's like, well, would... If you were holding Emma Frost, would you need something as strong as that? Yeah. Because otherwise her diamond form could penetrate. Like, she could potentially... I don't know. Mm. I don't know. So it'll be very interesting to see yeah, where, okay. they, where they go with that. Oh, I'm in. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means with Emma Frost. Me neither. It's I like, know. I don't know what's happening, but I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Well, that's episode two of season two of The Gifted, Unmoored, as well as episode 20 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five. We, of course, will be talking more Marvel TV on the next Marvel TV podcast, because otherwise, why would we call it that? Um, <laughs> I, I want to have a discussion with you during the week, maybe off air, but a little bit of a tease now, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Do we do what we've been doing and do two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think is what we will continue to do because we're trying to wrap it up because it's been dragging on a little bit. But do we only do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week? Because only a couple of podcasts ago, we did an entire episode on the finale of Gifted Season 1. So do we show the same respect towards Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? It's a double episode Mm, finale. Is it a matter of respect for S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. The way it's been going, maybe not. So we might have Episode 3 of The Gifted on next podcast. We might not. Well, the way I look at it is just looking forward, Episode 3 of... Of gifted is titled Complications no, well, with yeah. a capital M, which has me worried for the baby. So I feel like maybe oh, shit, yeah, okay. maybe that that could get heavy. That might need its own. We might uh, need to separate that from Shield. So maybe we should do two episodes of Shield on their own. Yeah, cap that off, 
and then we can potentially maybe have a have a cry, okay. depending on what happens in complications. All right. Well, that might be the answer. Find mm. out for sure next week on the podcast. You can check out all of our old episodes of Marvel TV, the DC TV, even, even though we haven't done them in uh, quite a while. Will they be back? <laughs> we'll find out. Matty won't be a part of it, that's for sure. Wants nothing to do with it. Our movie and uh, trailer reviews as well. Everything up there on the Get It A Geek channel. Hit us up on the socials. You've got me, Mitch underscore Lewis, on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. And Matty is at? Hi, at High Pitch Matty. H-I-G-H. 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 Pitch, Matty. <laughs> that's P- the one. P-I-T-C-H, no E-D. Oh, that's just going to confuse things. Hi, Pitch, Matty. Just rewind that and try. You know what? My favorite part is when we get Dane on, Dane McGurk. And Dane, like his last name anyway is M-C-G-U-I-R-K. McGurk. Mm. Cool. But one of it, either Twitter or Instagram, one of them has an underscore. That's right. And so when you aren't, we've done on the podcast. I've never told him, I've never critiqued him afterwards. But you go, how can we find you? And he's like, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Dane underscore McGurkin, Dane McGurkin, one of them. And he's like, which one's which? I don't yeah. know. We'll just have to go on and have and a And it's look. like, if you don't know that, it's like, my what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, McGurk. Yeah, my McGurk what? doesn't sound like G U I R K. No. That's why most people called him the Gherkin because they just figure it was G E R K. It's like, is his last name Jerk? What? <laughs> my jerk. My oh. jerk. <laughs> Oh, I'll just want him on a podcast now so we can refer to him. <laughs> Day a jerk and just roll on. You know, like Meow from uh, Super Troopers. Okay, anyway, getting sidetracked here. Uh, we'll be back next episode for more Marvel TV. Catch you then, Matty. Bye. Get into geek.